oh, we should have hit the pass in button. It's okay. Yeah. We're live and you can hit it whenever you want, Andrew, because this is a, it happens every single time we record a podcast a day or two later, not every time, but anytime there's Cardinals news, it happens after we just did a podcast. You can catch our prospect talk with Kareem from yesterday. It's really awesome. We've got to break down some of the top prospects in the Cardinal system and, and even some deeper cut ones. But the big news today is the Cardinals have hired Heim Bloom in an advisory role to the front office, um, which an advisor might not sound like a big deal, but as we'll get into this conversation, this potential move from the Cardinals front or this move confirmed now from the Cardinals front office could have significant implications for the Cardinals in 2024, but more specifically as they look toward the future. And so a little bit about Heim Bloom, you probably know that he was the president of baseball or chief baseball officer for the Boston Red Sox of 2020, but he was recently fired in September of 2023. So right off the bat, you might be like, why'd they just hire the guy that the Red Sox fired and the guy that traded away Mookie Betts? We'll get into that. But as Jeremy's saying here, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about Hein Bloom, and we'll get into that as you go through. But if we, as we look at his resume a little bit here, Hein Bloom, the reason he was able to be in that high of a role with the organization like the Boston Red Sox was because he was viewed as one of the brightest baseball minds and heralded as that because of his role within the Tampa Bay Rays baseball operations from 2011 until he was hired by the Boston Red Sox. And one of his claims to fame, one of the things that we'll talk about as we get into this is he kind of is heralded for writing this player development handbook that the Rays use called the Rays way. And, and it's just, it's uh, basically, he, I will get into it, but he has spearheaded the reason or is one of the spearheads for why the Rays have been so good at developing young talent, identifying talent on the margins, specifically within pitching and then you can see that even with his time with the Boston Red Sox, they have one of the top farm systems in all of baseball right now. They're an organization that the Cardinals have heavily uh, gone after some of their arms this offseason, arms that have been connected to Bloom in the past. So there's a lot there. That's a little bit of background on him, but we'll get into it as we go through if you're not aware of Heim Bloom already. But Andrew, what were your thoughts when you saw it pop in on Twitter? Heim Bloom is hired in an advisory role to the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, it was reported earlier in the offseason that the Cardinals had interest in him as soon as he got fired from his Red Sox role. And I follow some Red Sox people on Twitter who aren't like super big fans of him. So when I initially saw the the news that we were interested back in November, I was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Why, why is that? And then I looked more into it and I, I found the stuff about the Rays role um, and how he's built up the Red Sox farm system to be pretty, pretty solid um, and just how good he is with pitching development. And I was like immediately on board and I didn't think um, this was going to happen. Um, I think we mentioned that someone on Twitter at at us and was like, "Yeah, new news podcast uh, kind of willed it into existence." Because we, I think we mentioned <laughs> that it wasn't going to happen or something, but that now, now here, here we are. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. Um, it's only been 24 hours. How can you forget, Andrew? Basically, what happened was Kareem brought up something about how he was excited to hear that they were potentially going to bring in Heimbloom, but then nothing happened from it. And then we just talked about how yeah. basically it's been crickets since this, but John Mozilla confirmed at the, um, what do you call it? Um, oh, <laughs> that that's awesome. They connected the dots a little bit there, but um, John was like, wouldn't comment on Heim Bloom's name, but he did comment at the winter meetings that they were looking into bringing in some outside voices. Um, but it makes sense that it wasn't something they were going to like, they needed to prioritize the player moves. Mm -hmm. Um, but as we look through a lot of the moves they've made this offseason have actually been 
especially on the pitching side, connected to Heim Bloom in some way. So if you look, uh, Nick Robertson and Ryan Fernandez, obviously they both just came from the Red Sox organization. So that's someone that Heim Bloom had traded for at the deadline um, in uh, Robertson. And then Fernandez is someone they picked up in the Rule 5 draft. And then uh, Andrew Kittridge is someone that was with Tampa Bay Rays when Heim Bloom was there. So that's another arm that he's seen. So it would be interesting to see what Mosaic says when he finally comments on it. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of already been working with them over the last few months. And maybe it has been secretly like he's been a f- hired on, but now it's made official. Um, so yeah, there's some moves there. Sorry to cut you off there, but we did we did kind of will it into existence yesterday. Yeah. So um let, let's 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 just go ahead and address the elephant in the room. So you said you listen to and follow a Red Sox podcast. Obviously, Red Sox fans to varying degrees have an interesting viewpoint of Heim Bloom. Do you have any concerns about Heim Bloom as a baseball mind because of his time with the Red Sox? I mean, the one thing that that I think Heim Bloom gets a lot of criticism for is the Mookie Betts trade. But I yep. feel like that was a little bit forced by ownership um, to some extent. And I don't think any like smart baseball person or like like Heim Bloom, who did so much with the Rays, would just give him up for pretty much like nothing, right? Alex Verdugo was like the biggest uh, player in that trade package, and, and he just got shipped away. So basically, the Red Sox haven't gotten much of, of anything out of Mookie Betts. Um, and I don't think Mookie Betts was really going to sign an extension in Boston. It just didn't seem like that was that was a thing that was going to happen. So um, seemed like a little bit of a panic move for me. But other than that, I think he he's boosted the Red Sox farm system from being like one of the worst in the league to, to one of the tops in the league right now. Um, so not not really. I feel like Heim Bloom kind of gets treated a little bit like like John Mozeliak does in, in the Cardinals camp, um, where he makes some like like Mosellock makes good moves, right? Like for the most part, there's a couple things that he's done that like are questionable, right? Like trading away um, <coughs> Alcantara and Gallon for, for like two years of injured Marcelo Zuna or like Randy Rosarena. Like, but for the most part, he, he makes good moves. Um, like at last year's deadline brought in a lot of really interesting prospects. Um, but like Cardinal fans and Red Sox fans, they kind of have the expectation that their team should be in like World Series contention every year because that's just kind of how how it's been. Um, so I, I don't really have an issue with the, this move at all. Um, and he's just being an advisor. Like it's not for for now. It's not something that's that's too game changing for the Cardinals. It's just if he does a really good job, um, brings in pitchers, develops the the young arms right now in the system. Um, then he could elevate to, to another role. So right now, we're just giving him a chance. Like nothing could really go that wrong right now. Yeah, an advisory role is an advisory role. So right now, unless they're just not saying something, which I don't think is the case here, he's not for sure. That like we'll get into it. People are gonna already connect the dots that he's potentially the heir apparent to John Bozalock, which maybe that's maybe that is something that happens over time. Uh, Cody, it's a good question. I think we'll get into that in a minute, but I think it's more important first that we talk about maybe some misconceptions about his Red Sox tenure. Um, because if you look at it, like I was, I was just trying to, obviously like I've, I've been percolating with this high bloom stuff for a while. It's been the guy that have really been, obviously he's been the one name that's been dropped that's potentially be connected to him. But immediately when it was, it made too much sense to me. So I've been kind of floating in the waters about what is high bloom's resume? How do I feel about it? And <clears throat> you look at like the mistakes he made with the Red Sox. Some of them, are things that maybe could be repeatable with another organization like 
people thought he wasn't necessarily very aggressive at trade divides. But part of me also is like, okay, is that an ownership thing or is that a Heimbloom thing? Because um, again, with the Rays, I feel like they're a pretty shrewd team at making moves. And and you look back at that too. He was working with a he wasn't the head guy there, but that that organization just consistently has to do more with less. And so anytime you can bring a guy into your organization that has more resources that could do more with less, it's a great thing. But his first offseason and charge ownership, obviously it's it's ultimately ownership's call that they weren't going to resign Mookie Betts. And then part of that deal is that they moved off of the David Price money, which was a terrible contract at the time. So if they had been able to just trade Mookie Betts and not have to move off of David Price's salary, I would bet they get a lot more in return from Mookie Betts than they did. But that's the route they chose to do. And again, that, I don't know how much of that's bloom and how much of that's ownership, but I'm gonna have a I'm gonna guess pretty significantly that ownership played a big role into that. And you could say, well, Heim Bloom should have pushed back and not done it. But at the end of the day, like if ownership tells you to do something, you're either gonna do it or they're gonna let go of you. <laughs> like he's not like especially the significant decision like that. Um, the Trevor Story signing is something that obviously has aged poorly so far. Again, I'm sure he wanted him. I'm sure he played into it. But again, seems like ownership probably wanted that to happen. And then the Xander Bogard side of things, like the Padres gave him a massive deal. So I'm not really too concerned if I'm the Red Sox that I didn't re-sign um, Xander Bogarts here. So I, I'm I'm just not really – I'm not going to act like Bloom was a master in uh, Boston, but I think a lot of the flaws that people have or I pointed out with his time there are things that I don't necessarily know are within his control. Now, the caveat I'm going to give – is there's a, something in the back of my mind that's a little bit worried that he could run into that same situation in St. Louis. That to a lesser extent, the DeWitts have already been open about this offseason, that they will spend to a level that's comfortable. They will spend when it makes sense. Again, you, they don't really make those Mookie Betts type trades. So that's kind of a Boston thing. But do the DeWitts and Mosaic, unless maybe Mosaic's identified him for them, but do the DeWitts see him as a kind of guy that they're like, hey, Heim Bloom has proven that he doesn't, well, with the Red Sox, you could say maybe he hasn't proven, but with the Rays, he's proven that he could be a part of an organization that doesn't spend a ton of money, but consistently puts out a winner. And then with the Red Sox, like he already kind of has had to deal with these kind of owner relationships that are maybe kind of pulling the strings a little bit on things. So, I have a slight concern with that, but I don't. I think we're reading. Wait, that's a lot of speculation. That's a lot of reading into it. So that's the maybe one negative side of it I'd put. But again, like if it wasn't High Bloom, if they wanted to do that, they'd do it with someone else. So that's not. Anyways, aside from the point there. Um, but I think also we need to look at the names he's brought into the systems he's been a part of. So in his time with the Rays, they drafted Matthew Libertor, but they also drafted Shane McClanahan, Gavin Williams, Joe Ryan, Tosh Bradley. Uh, if you look at the Red Sox farm system right now, again, it's one of the best in all of baseball. I just think there's too much pointing in the direction of Bloom as a guy who just knows how to identify talent. And at the very least, this gives the Cardinals an outside perspective in the organization that they desperately need and someone to come in who's not just built up in the same framework, who's thinking the same way as everyone else and can see things differently. And again, they've made... The Sunny Gray signing, even though it's not the top fish on the market, that's the most they've ever. That's that's the biggest arm they've acquired in free agency before. 
especially at that kind of contract. The Fernandez, the Kittredge, the Robertson, like these are pine bloom type guys. These are different arms and the Cardinals have been targeting. I get they went the Lennon Gibson route for some of it. So I'm not trying to say it's all eradicated, but I'm seeing signs of some shifts here. I don't know. Would you agree, disagree with that, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, the there was going to be a, a shift philo- uh, in their philosophy and with pitching this offseason to, to be more swing and miss rather than like pitch to contact. And I was like really confused when they signed Lennon Gibson and Sonny Gray to some extent is kind of fits that mold as well. So I was like, hmm, that's that's a little odd um, why they're doing that. But um, with some of the reliever additions um, with Heim Bloom coming in, I feel like instead of like you can't really fix that problem with the, the swing and miss guys on the free agent market because like those guys got way too expensive. Um, and the guys like Blake Snell are just people I want to stay away from. Shota Imanaga, another guy who gets a lot of swing and miss, generating some buzz. He might sign while we're on the stream, hopefully with the Cubs. Please go give him $125 million. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of the guys um, get kind of. Um, with the swing and miss stuff get kind of um, unaffordable for the Cardinals and the ones with, especially the ones with control, like Blake Snell has has limited control. He walks a lot of guys. Um, So I feel like it makes a lot of sense that the Cardinals are going to go and try to develop those guys in their own system, like Tink Hens and Roby, um, Cooper, Jerpy, like those guys trying to, trying to get um, the Red Sox, like sort of pitching philosophy in, in there with that. Um, yeah. So I'm excited for the future. Uh, maybe not this current rotation is constructed, but I feel like if he if he works with some of those young pitchers, tries to figure out um, what makes them, uh, h- how to get them to their ceiling, that would be that'd be really exciting. Yeah, um, Dustin. I know we. I think you said it before. We were touching on, but just want to acknowledge. Yes, I do think the Red Sox what ha- what his tenure looked like with them says more about ownership <laughs> than it does High Bloom. Um, but and again, that's. Andrew kind of alluded to earlier. I'd make that same argument for John Mozeliak at times that again, the Mars like the trading away Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen or trading away Randy Rosarina and Adolf Garcia, those aren't ownership things. Those are John Mozeliak mistakes. Um, but the lack of spending, the lack of being in the market for top tier guys, that's a DeWitt thing. And obviously the Mozeliak shown he's willing to trade for Giancarlo Stanton. To be fair, ownership was willing to sign off on it. He tried to sign David Price, and ownership signed off on it until the Red Sox outbid them. Um, he gave a big deal to Jason Hayward. So I don't think John Mozeliak's afraid of big moves. I think it's more the DeWitts. Um, and I don't think Heim Bloom's afraid of big moves. Again, I think that was John Henry and the Red Sox organization. So, yeah, we'll see with some of that kind of stuff. Um, and then also something I think uh cp through in the chat is makes a ton of sense with the top 10 pick coming this year to have high bloom i totally agree with that obviously the cardinals have been great at um drafting in recent years but um you look they drafted marcel mayer a couple years ago who's now a top like five prospect in all of baseball top 10 prospect in all of baseball they got kyle teal um i think in this last year's draft and he's their number four rated prospect right now he's probably a top 100 guy and they got nick york who's their sixth ranked prospect in high bloom's time so at least with first round picks the red sox have had two top 10 ones since he's been there and he's nailed them both it looks like or two top picks i think one of them might have been right outside the top 10 so i I think Heim Bloom's going to help out a lot of that. There's some really interesting arms this year, like Brody Brecht and Chase Burns. That I don't know if Heim Bloom likes them and they follow the Cardinals, they might be a guy to go after. But I already trust Randy Flores on that end. So um, <clears throat> I, I wonder, Andrew, what you think about this question um, that Brady put out that does the hiring disprove Denton's tweet that they were done spending? Do you think? I mean, they, are, they just hired an advisor. Like, that's not really spending money to, yeah. towards their payroll. And, um, 
I mean, the Cubs hired a hired correct counsel and they haven't spent a cent this offseason. So I don't I don't really put a lot of stock in saying like, oh, we hired this executive. That means we're going all in or, or whatnot. So I, I hope we're not done spending. I want another reliever and I want another starter, um, maybe like a bench bat. But like I don't think the Cardinals should be done if they hope to do anything more than win the NL Central again. Um, that's just what I see from from L.A. and from Atlanta. Like you just need to be a little bit better to, to have a chance of beating those those teams in the playoffs. Yeah, um, but I mean, John Denton isn't the most reliable source out there. He's put out some things that have been disproven in the past. Some of the, some of the things that that he's put out there aren't like a hundred percent confirmed. Was he the one who said that Matt Carpenter was the, the opening day a third baseman when we got Arenado like the day after, or was that? Something? Oh, I I don't know. I don't know. That. But um, yeah. Either way, like the front office says things, and sometimes they deliver on them, and sometimes. They go out and they they trade for another guy to, to replace their their starting third baseman the next day. So, um, I I don't think we've reached the point where we're at like the the salary limit yet for this offseason. I think there's still a little bit more room to spend, um, but I, I hope that they're just not done. That uh, th- this move with the Heimbloom doesn't really change anything for me. Yeah, um, a couple maybe just I'm this is speculation on my point here but I'm looking at some of the um Thomas just put out a really good piece over on Repert rants about different relievers that might fit so I would check that out if you're not, if you haven't seen already but some of the relievers that might fit that five million dollars a year ish range that they look to be spending in right now when it comes to reliever I'll get on the starting pitcher side of it after this um but you look at that Ryan Brazier is a guy that was with the Red Sox last year he struggled big time but then he, when his move over to the Dodgers he had a 0.7 ERA in 38 innings I could see that being a guy they target especially with that Heim Bloom connection again um, and again they're not only going to sign guys that Heim Bloom has had in their organization before but um, and then Adam Adavino is another guy I believe he pitched for the Red Sox at one point um, but he might be a guy to look at here in the five million dollar range <clears throat> when it comes to the starting pitching the Cardinals have basically ruled themselves out of signing another one. So I don't think that's yeah. something any of us should expect. They do keep creaking the door open at a trade. No one shut that down. And I feel like mm. if they didn't want to do it or didn't want to consider it, they would shut it down because I don't really think they want, like they don't love when their people are mad at them. They don't intentionally try to do it. Like when they say, Oh, payroll's going up. They don't like snicker at themselves being like, ah, ha, ha, they're going to see you later that we didn't. And they're going to get mad at us. Like they had at least intention of doing it. And then they didn't so that they should get all the flack in the world for it. But if they keep the door open on the starting pitcher so long, I think it's because they're open to it. And you look at, um, um, what John Den put in his recent article today and what he's been saying recently about what the ownership has been saying, if they're going to go out and get a Dylan Cease, um, he's about eight and nine million dollars a year. That probably means they trade away Steven Matz to make up the money. Um, who's at about 11 million or if they trade for Jesus Azardo, he's like two or three million dollars. So I really don't think they need to move out money for that. So I think they're open to bringing in another starting pitcher soon. I just, I do think they're kind of around where they want to be spending right now, which is frustrating. And that's a question that needs to be asked this weekend at winter warmup. That needs to be a question that's asked the rest of this off season of like, Hey, seemed like you wanted to push $200 million and it doesn't really feel like that's what's happening right now. So um, Cody just said a Marlins reporter 
Um, so if you're listening to this later audio wise has said a trade is coming soon. Um, do you think the Cardinals can be involved with that? I do. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say they are, but I certainly think they could be one of the teams involved. When, when you look at Luzardo, you look at Dylan Cease. I don't really think the Dodgers are doing it, even though they could. Um, I don't know if the Orioles are the team that's going to pull that off. Um, the Reds have already selected themselves out of it. The Red Sox kind of seem like they're going after a starting pitcher in free agency. So I just think the the market kind of tends the to point toward the Cardinals as potentially being able to pull something off. But again, this is me speculating. This may be me reading the tea leaves too much, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, one focus for the front office and like from the business perspective was that they wanted to sell like more tickets and like get a lot of the fans back in the stands for 2024. Yep. And with the moves they've made so far, like I'm sorry, Sandy, but like I, I know you're gonna you're gonna go to all of his starts, but I, I don't see myself or many other Cardinal fans like just buying a ton of tickets or merchandise for Sonny Gray. I know I know you bought the jersey, Sandy. I'm sorry, uh, you're not here to defend yourself today, um, but. Like you, you got to go out and add another like really exciting player. I feel like to get the fans, the fans really back engaged, and th they haven't really done that yet. I know Sonny Gray is good; he's great. I'm happy with him as a second starter. Like that would be really nice. But um, I don't know. Go out and get Dylan Cease. Go out get Lazardo, and I feel like a lot, a lot more fans are going to come back in the stands. That's that's something that they they mentioned earlier this offseason that I think has been overblown a little bit. People haven't really talked about it as much. Yeah, and I do think a couple things like <clears throat> people keep looking at John Den's report today and what he's been saying recently is, again, this is what Bill DeWitt says comes straight from John Den's report that because of financial uncertainties, various various financial uncertainties, the club isn't likely to make any more moves this offseason. This part's important that would significantly increase payroll. He didn't say they're done making moves and he didn't say they're done making significant moves which would be like trading for Dylan Cease or Jesus Cesardo, he said significant payroll moves. So they're not going to sign Jordan Montgomery. They're probably not going to do Jordan Hicks because that's like $10 million a year. I, for a reliever, I don't think they're going to do that. Maybe they're not going to do Imanaga. They're not going to do Hater. They're not going to do – I know you don't want that. No, they're not no. going to do Blake Snell. But again, in this piece, he said they can move money out if they want to bring something in. So – I do think that's what they're alluding to is like, don't expect us to be signing Jordan Montgomery, but also don't rule out us trading for someone. Um, but I also think Jeff brings up a good point here. He says how to get fans engaged is to win. And I do kind of think like we might all be frustrated and want a bigger name to come in, but I do think the Cardinals are going to be in a better position to win this year. And I, I mean, even though it's not a new name, like Jordan Walker has the potential to pop off this mm -hmm. year as a legit stud. Um, not he already is a stud, but like a guy who's like a true borderline all-star. Nolan Gorman could take strides this year. Lars Newpar. I think they have some internal names that can come up and make some noise that sure they didn't sign those guys this year, but they might like we're gonna see this new young guard start taking the reins of the team. So I think that could bring some excitement. And yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll see some Heim Bloom jerseys. <laughs> I mean, they, they might sell more Yadier Molina jerseys. They're, they're new. Um, do they have the same title? I think they have the same title. They're like special advisors or something. 
Oh, I think they're so. definitely I mean, going to be doing something completely different. But. Yeah, they're going to be doing something completely different. But um, and also chat. So if you're listening to this live right now, feel free to throw questions in here. I'm seeing a lot of good comments and stuff. So we're sometimes we don't do a great job of acknowledging that we saw the comment, but we try to talk about it as we see in the chat. So I'll try to make sure we throw it up here if we're addressing your point. But if you have questions about High and Bloom, if you have questions about our thoughts on the signing or the bringing him in, um, if you have questions or thoughts that you want us to kind of dive into, um, I think we've touched on most that's already in the chat right now. Um, big picture. So I didn't, we didn't really talk about this yet. <clears throat> Andrew, I want to hear your thoughts first. Are you, I know we kind of touched on it, but I don't really think we did. Are you, like, as things currently stand right now, do you think the long-term path here for Hein Bloom could be the next president of baseball operations, next the heir apparent? Or do you think this is really more of an advisory role right now? Which I know that's what it is, but do you think they have sights of it being bigger than that? I mean, I think it's definitely something that's on the table. Um, I know Mo is going to like take a step back um, in his role at the Cardinals front office in the next couple of years. So they're definitely looking for somebody at the moment to like go and replace him um, as the president of baseball operations. I know Heim Bloom did it with the Red Sox. Results were mixed. Um, Red Sox fans will will come in here and, and say that he didn't do a great job. I'm not really sure that was entirely his fault. But um, if you if you get hired by an organization like the Red Sox to do that kind of role, um, and you've had a long history with a, a franchise like the Tampa Bay Rays that develops pitching like that. Um, I don't see why like they wouldn't be open to it. I'm not sure that's exactly what they're thinking about right now, but I think they're definitely evaluating him, him as one of the possible options. I know Mike Gersh might take that role. Um, Randy Flores, another guy that definitely could take that role, but maybe they're having like a few different people try it out and see, see which option fits best um, uh, for the, for the future. Yeah. So. I, I think I I agree with that that line of thinking. Like I <clears throat> I I Heim Bloom probably didn't have a ton of job offers right now, especially in official capacity. But I don't like I also think most organizations would have jumped at bringing him in as an advisor. So I'm guessing he probably landing at the Cardinals thinks there's a potential for a future here, or if not here, that it'll launch him into his next gig. Um so I do think that's on the table. And I do think Gersh could be that next guy. I do think uh Randy Flores could be the next guy, but something I did put in my 10 bold predictions for this year, but it's honestly not that bold. It's something that the Cardinals have kind of talked about is that over the three years of John Mozeliak's extension. So he's got two more, he's got two more years left, 2025 and 2020 or 2024 and 2025. So this year, next year, they've been pretty clear that they're going to start figuring out what life after him looks like. And he's probably not going to actually fully leave the Cardinals. He's probably going to be promoted into some like higher executive role where he's not really the baseball operations guy anymore, but he's more of the business and the, maybe gets into ownership. Who knows that kind of thing. Um, but that's probably more of his long-term path here. And again, we don't know this for sure, but the fact that Heimblum is coming in right now, I do think makes him a player here. And they don't have to, like front offices do different kind of structures. Like he was the chief baseball officer and not all organizations have president of baseball operations. So they might not necessarily be looking to replace John Mosellock straight up. They might try to restructure the front office and there might be higher ranking roles for a Bloom and for a Flores or and a Gersh. Like, there's just a lot of different ways they could do it. So I think if you, I had a bet right now, I do think Heim Bloom is a future here in St. Louis outside of uh, being an advisor. 
but remains to be seen. Uh, I'll address this um, this question yeah. um, from Jeff here, saying that, or just asking who we think would be a decent trade target at the trade deadline. Um, there's a couple guys. I, I would look at the Padres right now um, really closely. Um, they're probably going to start moving off payroll. Um, Joe Musgrove and Yu Darvish are two guys that that I would look at um, that potentially could slot into the Cardinals rotation as like a number one, number two type. Um, and reliever wise, I, I really like Carlos Estevez for the Angels. I don't believe that the Angels would contend um, at all this year. Uh, they got they lost Shohei Otani and they added Zach Plesac, Was it? They they didn't add any anything basically. Um, so Carlos Estevez, guy played with the Rockies, played with the Angels, two teams not known for their pitching development, and he's been really good. Um, so you you bring him into the Cardinals organization, and I feel like he could do really well as a back end reliever. Um, but yeah, um, Heimbloom with his pitching development, really excited to see what he can do. Um, even trade wise, um, he can he can look for some some maybe buy low candidates um, on the trade market. So maybe someone I'm not even thinking about right now. Yeah, for sure. I do think Padres are a team I would look at as a potential blow up here soon. Um, seeing Tatis Jr. in the chat, <clears throat> I don't think that's. I don't think even if even the things went south this season, that would be a thing. But I do think kind of like next two to five years, like he could be a guy that organizations around baseball kind of keep their eye on as someone that could be traded for because of moving off the money, um, Bogarts, those type of things. But more specifically, like Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, those kind of names. If the Padres aren't successful this year, could be moved off of. So um, <clears throat> I think I'll address Khalid's comment real right. quick. Yeah, who you just said that Darvish signed a six-year extension. I hate that extension. I think it's terrible. I don't know yeah, why you would give that much money, but um, presumably you'd ask the Padres to eat some of that. Um, I know they're cutting payroll, but I, I don't see you Darvish being worth his his deal at all. But you need to go. Um, you, you, if you have the chance to get him, and the Padres will eat a significant portion of that contract, I feel like you got to go for it. Yeah, for sure, and I think that's where the Cardinals would be out with stuff like that. So um, for, <clears throat> pretty early to tell deadline targets in February, but yeah, it is yeah. something that the front office is probably keeping in mind and other stuff too. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, as, as that's the big news today. Heim Bloom. Um, Andrew, was there anything else you wanted to address with that at all? I think we've pretty much covered what the chat's got with it, but <laughs> you love to see these. Yeah, I, I like Detmers. I like Sandoval. Give me all the angels players. They're all wasted all over in Anaheim. Sorry. Like it's, I've, been burned too many times by them uh had hope had hope in you for three years and you didn't you didn't get anywhere but um yeah <laughs> um well something that if if you didn't catch our episode from yesterday yeah i'd highly encourage going checking our prospects chat with kareem um as it was an awesome conversation again if you're watching right now like and subscribe super helpful for the podcast and we're, we're really hoping to get to 1000 here soon we're we're right on track for it. Hopefully it's happening here soon. There's some really cool things we can do once we get to that. Um, <clears throat> so if you, if you could like to subscribe, that'd be great. Um, we're going to be at winter warm up this weekend. I'm going to be credentialed and going to, so hopefully I'll be able to bring some scoops from some of our, uh, pre the press conferences and stuff. And then we'll be there doing some coverage stuff. So we'd love to see you and hang out and do stuff. Um, also Wednesday, I think we're maybe still planning to make a podcast and to hopefully. maybe, yeah, and maybe another emergency pod before then. But um, we've maybe got we'll some have one tomorrow because we recorded today. You know, maybe tomorrow we we go and trade <clears> for Dylan, <throat> and we have to do this all over again. 
could happen. I wouldn't mind it. So if you're going to be at winter warm up, we'll, we'll try and figure out something where we'll have a space where people can meet up with us at some point. Um, but if you see us, let us know at the same time. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining in the live today. We wanted to address the high bloom stuff again. That's a really important. If you are just jumping into the stream, you can go back to the beginning where we kind of gave some background in him and talked significantly about different stuff. Again, we're probably going to go live again on Wednesday to reflect on some bad takes from 2023. And we'll probably have some content this weekend from winter warm up. Um, and again, as always, if anything breaks, we'll be here to talk about it. You can check out our coverage over at Redbird Rants as well. Um, but yeah, I think that covers most of it. So thanks for joining us with us today, guys. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday.